live show called Business Power Hour. I loved the panel presentations we did at the Authentic Seller Summit so much, and I got a ton of feedback that you guys loved them and you loved hearing us just talk about business and chat, and there were so many good takeaways, and it was really fun being live all together. And so I decided to make it into a weekly show. So every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, you can join me inside my Facebook group for a special panel presentation. Today, we are going to play the audio for you from the Power Hour we did last Thursday. If you like this format, come live to the live show. I'll be live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern in the Facebook group with a new panel of experts talking about a new topic every week. It's going to be really fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Welcome to Business Power Hour with Faith Mariah. I am not Faith Mariah, but I am Team Faith Mariah here to host Business Power Hour for you today. Why don't I will let both of our guests, if you want to introduce yourselves, let us know a little bit about what you do. Today, we are talking all about virtual teams, outsourcing and pros and cons and things to know all about that. And so if you want to let us know a little bit about you, what you do, how you help people and what kind of, I know both of you submitted a free gift to offer to the community. So if you would like to tell us a little bit about your free gift, feel free to go ahead and do that as well. Sounds good. Um, do you want me to go first or would you go like ahead. to? Yep. Okay. So hi, everyone. I'm really excited to be back here. My name is Amira Irfan. I'm the business lawyer and entrepreneur behind aselfgrew.com, where we help entrepreneurs legally protect their businesses, either by working with me one-on-one or by simply downloading my done-for-you legal templates that have helped thousands of entrepreneurs So um, I also have a free uh, gift for you guys, which is a free legal guide to protect your online business. Now, after working as a lawyer for over a decade, trust me, I've seen a lot of business owners, including my own dad, getting sued for $90,000 and a lot of business owners making legal mistakes, not because Um, They want to, but because of the things that they don't know. So I put together a legal guide that's going to walk you through the three most common legal mistakes that you definitely want to avoid in your online business. So I would love for you to grab it and let me know if you have any questions. Awesome. Thank you. Rita, what about you? Sorry, didn't realize that. I was like, (laughs) no more problems. Right. So my name is Rita Esther. Um, I started my business back in 2015, just as a virtual assistant and website builder. I love all things marketing. Um, Roughly 2018, 2019, my business just, I I was so overwhelmed and uh, it just kind of took off. So then I expanded and created an agency. So that way it wasn't all just on me. And so now we are a team of eight and we love to help Um, online entrepreneurs launch, grow, systemize their online business. So we just take the heavy lifting off their plate so they can focus on what they love to do instead of getting caught up in all of the nitty gritty details and all the things that they don't enjoy doing. And also we do have um, a free resource if you'd like to download it. Um, My website is delegateandaccelerate.com and the download link is delegateandaccelerate.com forward slash outsource and it's a guide to help you like see to identify where you could uh, use help outsourcing and really uh, how that can be cost effective for you. 
Wonderful. Yeah. And I think that's like super helpful. Um, as I mentioned, I'm Kelsey. I'm part of Team Faith Mariah. I was going to be on this panel either way today. So, um, but a little bit about me is that I do work on the team with Faith as an assistant. And I also have a business where I help people. I started out as a VA. And what I quickly realized is that there are a lot of people who want to hire a VA and don't know what they need to share with their VA in order to make that process successful. So that's kind of something that I do is help people kind of streamline on the back end, get their systems figured out so that we know, okay, here is what we need to know on the back end. Here's what your team needs to know when you hire them. And the free gift that I have for you, I call my anxious millennial audit. And what it is, is I always joke is that if people online don't know how to do business with you, they're not going to. Most of us are, you know, we're busy, we're anxious, that sort of thing. And so if we have to guess about how to pay you, about how to work with you, we're not going to. So you can fill out the form. All of these will be sent out in the replay link. So make sure that if that's something you're interested in, we will send out the replay and it's in our freebie base as well, including um, everyone else's links. And you can go on, sign up. I will send you a screen recording of your business and your online presence as far as things that maybe could be improved. So as far as online business goes, delegating all of the things, um, what would you guys say are the first steps that need to happen before someone starts to hire a team or an agent? In my opinion, it's really identifying, basically there's one of two things that you need to hire for. It's something that either you don't know how to do and it's going to take you forever to figure it out. Or this is really common with the people that I work with. It's something that you do know how to do. And it doesn't move your business forward and it's busy work that keeps you feeling productive without actually doing anything strategic. And mm -hmm. that, in my opinion, is the most important thing to hire out. And so even for me in my business, I love doing graphic design. I absolutely adore it. Mm -hmm. However, I've gotten to where I realize that I will get lost in figuring out colors and fonts. And next thing I know, it's eight hours later and I haven't done anything to grow my business so it's not really a productive use of my time. And my clients find the same thing, whether it's writing or creating emails or being on uh, client calls they don't need to be on, like just, you know, shooting the breeze or whatever. So mm -hmm. that's my opinion. Find those two things. What do you hate to do? Hire mm -hmm. for that. And what do you, uh, what do you pretend to be productive with? Hire out for that. <laughs> yes. I think, I think both of those are super, super important. What about you, Amira? Yeah, that's a great question. So the way I started um, with my delegation process was back when I was working full-time as a lawyer, I started my business. So time was very limited, but it did take me a little bit longer to start outsourcing and delegating because I'm a perfectionist by nature. So first thing is that you have to shift your mindset to not be a bottleneck in your own business. Cause I believe that I was one because it took me year two, even though I made six figures in my first year of business, but I didn't start hiring until my second year. So that's one thing that you will have to first get into the mindset of hiring. The second thing is 
that definitely, like you mentioned, Kelsey, is to have systems in place. Like, what are you hiring for? Give the people the tools, the checklist, the standard operating procedures. And maybe because I'm a lawyer speaking, but I think these are tools and things that you need to inform the people that you're hiring, what your processes and your systems look like so that they can be successful in building that business or doing that task for you. So that's something that you need to do before you even start outsourcing, because otherwise you're setting them for failure and also setting yourself up for disappointment. And the other thing, the third tip I would mention is automating. So delegation is great. Outsourcing is great. But I believe that the other thing that really helps scale my business to six and seven figures is the fact that there's a lot of things that you could automate, right? So if you could get into the habit of doing that, that would definitely uh, make things a lot more simpler and successful for you. Yeah. And I'm going to actually just piggyback right off of that because I feel like if people want to build a business, you know, like some people start a business and they just want to work by themselves and they're fine with a certain level and that being as much as they can do and stopping there. But if that's not the kind of business you want, like you said, setting up those systems and processes way ahead of time, before you're even thinking about bringing people on, ask yourself, what process do I want to repurpose content? What process do I want to send an email or schedule something to my calendar? And having those those things there and being really specific. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to pull out my favorite analogy sooner than I had anticipated. But like, for instance, I always tell people, like, if I asked you to go to the store and bring back milk, what kind of milk are you bringing back? Are you bringing back 2%? Are you bringing back whole? Are you bringing back unsweetened almond milk? Are you bringing back macadamia nut milk? I mean, I don't know. There's, you know what I mean? So like, I've assisted a situation that I've run into being on kind of both sides of this is a lot of people seem to think like, okay, yeah, I've got it written out. Just like send this email. And it's like, okay, but we've got a lot of specifics. How do you want it titled? How do you like your language to look all these kind of things? And it's just really important and it streamlines everything. And there will be bumps in the road, no doubt, but that's part of the process, but having something to go on to begin with, I think is a really, really huge help. For sure. And there's, there's software out there. One is called Tango. We can literally do what you do and it will take screenshots as you do it. So you don't have to manually anymore, create your SOPs, like use this AI software to uh, help you. That's amazing. Thanks for that. Cause I didn't know about that one. <laughs> what would, and we touched on this like a teeny tiny bit, but what would you both say are some of the biggest benefits of outsourcing? <laughs> okay. You look like you were ready. <laughs> yeah, I was. Because I would say that uh, one of the ways that you build a successful business is by outsourcing, because the biggest benefit that I found was the freedom, the time and the um, ability to be able to focus on the high level money generating tasks. Because like kind of what Rita mentioned, right? Like you sometimes will just get bogged down into the busy work. You may think you're being productive and I was, but you just don't realize the output, the, the return on your time, right? So mm -hmm. I feel like the biggest benefit is, first of all, freedom. I remember my first year of business when I was working like a crazy person with my full-time job. I went on my, my, uh, my birthday trip, which my husband surprised me. 
But guess what? Didn't enjoy a single day of that trip overseas because I was working like a crazy lady. So that was one thing that I promised myself after that first year that I would never put myself into that situation because no amount of money, no amount of a passion for business is worth that kind of like suffering that I felt internally, mentally, and physically also that the toll that all this working hours takes on your body, right? So I believe that the freedom, um, the ability to be able to think like a CEO, because I don't want to work in the business. I want to work on the business. Mm -hmm. And you only are able to do that once you have a team, once you have a people that you could rely upon so that you can think big and that you could really just focus on those big high performing tasks or re money revenue generating tasks, as I call them, to further grow and scale your business. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. And like Amira said, when you're working on your business and not in your business, you're seeing the big picture and you're making the moves that you need to make to grow your business. Um, as far as the biggest benefits, Kelsey, as you were asking, um, mm -hmm. I'm reminding myself, but as far as the biggest benefits in my mind, uh, one of my old mentors once told me, and I think this came from a book that he read, and this is a weird analogy, but this is what he told me. Every day, you're only given so many spoons. And mm -hmm. some days you have 20 spoons. Some days you have six spoons. Some days you have 50, depending on how much sleep you got, how you feel or whatever. But each spoon represents a decision. And as many of those as you use up, whatever you're given for the day, you're done. So sometimes it's five. And you can only make five decisions or you can only make 20 decisions. And then you get decision fatigue and you say, you know what, I'm done. I just want to take a nap. I just want to veg out and watch some reruns of Golden Girls or whatever. And right. so whenever you delegate, then you are no longer using up your spoons for something that's very, uh, I guess, low, low priority, low importance in your business. Like what color should I use for this? What time should I send this email? When should I schedule this social media post? What should I write about my next blog? As many of those spoons as you can delegate out, then it leaves your spoons for the most important things, which are the strategic moves. And what are you going to do? What's your plans? What's your goals? Like your team, your uh, whoever you hire out, they can't uh, put your goals on paper for you. They can't map out your next 90 days. They're not going to you know, decide what you're going to launch for your next course or product or whatever. That's something that only you as the business owner can do. And your team is there to help bring all that to fruition. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to go along with that too, there's the spoons that are the decisions that have to be made. And then there's the mundane tasks, right? Those nagging tasks of, did I do this? Did this thing get done? Did this one little piece of everything get done? Or did I respond to this email? And having a lot of those nagging tasks too, every single nagging task we have or every decision we have to make, especially the ones that we sit on for too long, all of those are going to be things that drain our energy just slowly. It's like, like a paper cup full of water and you're just jabbing holes in it every time that you don't like have even, a teammate or somebody like that to help you. I even found the same thing, you know, for myself when it, when it came to um, taking care of the house, housework, yes. you know, I work from home. My children are all grown and out of the house. I really have no excuse to need a housekeeper. However, I would forever put off doing the tubs and toilets because I hated doing it. And it would just like weigh on me. 
There's so much mind drama. Yes. It is. And so whenever I hire someone just to come in, all she does, literally tubs, toilets, dusts once every two weeks, cost me 50 bucks, best hundred dollars I spend every month, Mm -hmm. hands down, because it frees up that guilt. And that, like you said, the mind drama, and I just know it's done. I don't have to worry about it. If I have company coming over, I ask her to come early or whatever. And it's, it's, it's a game changer. That was a game changer. Well, and you know, you make actually a really good point because, and this is something, um, that I saw Gianni is with us or was with us on Facebook. I don't know if she still is, but she talked about it in her stories as well about delegating those types of tasks, having a team like, yeah, we're talking kind of specifically about business teams, but all of those things you can consider part of your team, having somebody like I have a dog and my dog goes out to the yard. Right. And so I have somebody who comes and takes care of my yard every week to make sure that there are no landmines in my yard. And that's wonderful. And I love that. And so having these people, they're part of your team too. So it is really important because like you, like we said, you know, every decision, every nagging task is just one more thing that's just draining your energy. So I think that's a really good point. What would you guys say are some of the like tips you have for finding the right talent for hiring, onboarding and managing like long-term, what would you say is important. Okay. So I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was giving Rita the chance this time, but okay, I'll start. Um, one of the biggest tips that I would say is finding the right ta- talent is to really make sure that you're interviewing. I, one of the things that I learned long time ago is that during that interview process, and I think it was Alex Harmos, I don't remember who I heard it from, but it was an interview I was watching on YouTube. And I remember it was a very good tip he gave. He said that whenever you're hiring, you always want to learn something from that interview. Maybe there's something that they do better than you, or maybe there's something that they add value. So when I'm interviewing, first of all, I'm also looking for skills, but I'm also looking for that personality fit. But there's what else is it that they're going to bring on that I don't already have, right? So that is essential. The second thing is that I always try to make sure that you know, I have those checklists, those SOPs, the systems in place. So that way it's easier for them, the whole onboarding process. And the third tip that I would give from a legal standpoint, and you have no idea that how many business owners I've seen, including my own dad, make this legal mistake is that they don't use a contract. You need to do a very good job, whether whether you're working with an agency, whether you're working with an individual, you need to have a contract in place to outline the scope of work, the payment terms, the late payment fees, you know, everything that you're doing so that both you and the person that you're hiring are on the same page because a lot of issues and disputes happen because there is no contract because there's no meeting of the minds. It's all like in your head. You thought that you explained it well to this person and this person got it, but they didn't, you know? So um, you just want to avoid that drama. You want to avoid those headaches with having a proper legal contract in place. And even like my dad is guilty of this. This is before I became a lawyer, um, is that he trusted his friend to start growing his business, a freelancer. And that ended up there was definitely a, some sort of a dispute or not understanding, but that a person ended up suing my dad and the business for $90,000. So yeah. I'm speaking from personal experience and I'm speaking from thousands of other 
entrepreneurs that I help out uh, on a weekly, monthly basis that even do consults with me are in the same shoes because they didn't use a contract. So you definitely want to follow uh, these tips to make sure that the hiring process is smooth and clear. And think of it like you're a CEO, right? You are building this foundation for long term. So you're not just hiring one person today. Maybe tomorrow it'll be six people, 10 people. So you want to have all these systems and processes and structure in place from the very beginning. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It makes excellent sense. And I'm really glad you shared that. So here's a question, a follow-up question on that is if you're hiring contractors, should both parties have their own contract? No. So you only need one contract. You don't okay. need separate contracts. For right. The same That's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you just need one contract. A lot of times the contractor would prefer to use their own contract. And if the client is okay with that, that's fine. Sometimes the client would prefer their, like when I'm hiring, obviously I'm I, being a lawyer, I prefer my <laughs> own contract because yeah, it's more in favor of me, uh, the person hiring than them. But, but generally speaking, all my legal templates are very fair, very neutral, but you, it doesn't matter whose contract that you use as long as both parties agree to those terms and sign okay. it. That's good to know. Yeah. Cause I was like thinking about it and I'm like, you know, how, how would that work? But yeah. So like employees definitely have all that contract laid out. And then if it's a contractor, then you guys just kind of decide amongst yourselves basically. Correct. And it's so important in the contract, especially if it's a contractor, because in the beginning of your business, you might just be hiring contractors than employees, right? Because not everyone's going to right away start hiring employees because it's a lot more paperwork. But it's so important in that freelance contract or that independent contractor agreement that you both sign that you identify that this is a contractor, not an employee, because that could also later on bite you as the uh, person hiring if you don't designate that. That's kind of what happened with my dad's situation, too, that this person alleged that he was working as an employee rather than an independent contractor. So he was entitled to all these benefits, which he wasn't. But again, all of these disputes can come up if you don't clearly have a contract that's defining um, all of the, those statuses. It's very yeah. important from a legal standpoint and also for tax purposes, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I well, so my background is actually in the hair industry. And that's one of the biggest things that like salon owners get in trouble for is not having their independent contractors set up properly, yeah. asking things they shouldn't all that kind of stuff. But that's an aside, Rita, what would you say are some tips for finding the right virtual talent? Um, For me, I guess, you know, obviously, Amira comes from like a legal standpoint. Mm -hmm. And Definitely Amira and I are like a yin and a yang for today's panel because I'm way more like freewheeling, like, hey, if we disagree, like we're good to go. So, so I'm not even going to touch on that because I am the worst when it comes to all of those little niggly details. And thankfully now I actually have somebody on my team that takes care of those things because that's not my zone of genius. But my number one tip when you're starting to hire out and to get help. I start small, like literally one thing. So the mm -hmm. first thing that I personally hired for um, was for someone to help me organize my inbox mm -hmm. and give me like a daily digest of what do I need to pay attention to? What decisions do I need to make and delete all the rest? Yeah. And that was the very first thing I hired for. Again, started very small. And now she is my online business manager. She is amazing. But just start small. Like, what is that one thing that you always put off? If your inbox looks like mine used to, 
with like 30,000 unread emails, start there, but just <laughs> one project and then grow from there. Or if yeah. you were maybe in the middle of a launch and you need someone to uh, build a sales page for you. So mm-hmm. instead of hiring someone to redo your entire website, maybe just hire someone to build that one sales page. And if you like working with them, then talk to them about building a whole website. So just start small and grow from there. It's just like starting a diet or starting uh, an exercise regime. You don't mm-hmm. jump in and then all of a sudden you're bench pressing 500 pounds. You start off with like, you know, doing a couple of curls. So same thing with hiring out. Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a great example and something that maybe, well, before we go on to that, I, I will give my tip and then, and then uh, we can go on from that, but I, going kind of along with that is also understanding what you're wanting from the person, right? So I'm working with someone right now who had hired, you know, for admin work. And as I'm phasing out of admin work, I was like, okay, I was like, cause one of the big challenges that we had working together was that there were no SOPs. <laughs> there were no SOPs. It was, please send this email. And so, um, I said, why don't, here's what I propose, you know, as I'm phasing out of working with you, um, why don't I help you get your SOPs in order help you, you know, understand and like kind of see all of the things that you're asking for and how they need to be done so that you don't have to feel like you're like managing someone all the time. Right. You can say, I need this thing done and they know how you want it done. They know how it should happen. And so I think that that's a really important thing is just being really clear on that and being really clear on what the other person offers and kind of like bunging off of that. Um, how would both of you approach scope of work? Like, what if you need a change in scope of work? Oh, that's oh, always got some opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so in my line of work, typically I help people with launches course. Like most of my clients are course creators. They have memberships or whatever. And it's super easy to mm-hmm. exceed uh, what you originally talked about. And so in general, if I've quoted somebody a project, I line out everything. This is this, 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 and this. If you need additional, it will cost you X amount of dollars per hour. And whenever they ask for something outside of that scope of work, mm-hmm. either I will say, hey, that's not what we had talked about. I'm happy to do that for you. It's going to cost you this much. We think it's going to be about three hours. Or I might say, hey, that's outside of our scope of work. However, we can just take care of that for you real quick. No charge. But I let them know every time you didn't, this is not what we agreed to. So sometimes they get a little freebie, um, but sometimes like if they ask for something bigger, then we have to talk about that. And that requires another invoice, but that is always, always, always (laughs) with every client. And then some clients just have me on retainer where they get, you know, 20 hours a month or 40 hours a month or whatever. And it's just like, Hey, that's, it just goes in that, you know, in that time. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Mira? Do you have any uh any feelings on scope of work, especially probably as it pertains to contracts and stuff? Yes, that's a very, very important issue. And so scope of work is very important from for both parties, right? Because you don't want to overwhelm your person that you're hiring and they don't want to feel like they've been cheated off of and having to work this extra work. So both, I think it's really important, especially from my hiring perspective, that before I hire, 
Um, I already have a checklist and, and of the things that I need this person to do. So we both are exactly on the same page because written communication and, and verbal communication, I believe is very, very important in the whole hiring process. So I will do my part to make sure that I have a checklist of the duties and the tasks and things that need to be done on a weekly, monthly, whatever it is that I'm hiring them for. For example, uh, if I have my email uh, a customer service person, right? So she is only doing emails. I don't burden her with anything else. If there would be a time that she's evolving and growing into the business, then yes, we would have a discussion and we would revise the scope of work to include those additional duties as well as have a fairly new compensation structure, right? So I make sure that I have it all in the contract. Um, if it is time to go ahead and give her more additional work or something, then we will revise the contract, make the amendment, it's super easy, and then come up with the payment for the additional work. So mm -hmm. what I have learned in many years of being in business is that I don't like to, to be honest, burden people with um, too much work outside of their duties because I like to have multiple contractors who are specialized in their own little things. So if there's a video editing person, then that's all they're doing. They're not doing social media for me. Um, mm -hmm. If there is an email or a customer responding person, then they're just handling the email aspect of it. If it's a blog post writer, he or she is only doing blog post writing. They're not doing social media. They're not doing all these other ancillary tasks, which will overwhelm them. Um, which will, which is also outside of their zone of genius. And then which just results in, again, them feeling like, oh, I, this is not part of my duties and I don't like to do that. So I like to be very fair and very clear because I feel like you as a hiring manager, it's very, very important that you you have a duty to make sure that you're the person that you're hiring and you are both on the same page. And it's your job because you're hiring them you need to communicate clearly in by written communication as well as verbally as to what that work is going to entail. Amira, yeah. let me just say, if you're ever in the market to hire somebody new, <laughs> <laughs> because most of the people that come to me, they are in so much chaos. There is no, I know I'm like liking the sound. <laughs> there's nothing. They're just like, please help me. Here's everything I have. And it's like, make it yeah. make sense for me. So I know that there are people in the world like yes, yes. That like attracts like, and apparently I just attract chaos because my <laughs> clients are just, <laughs> they're not as well put together as you are. No, I just, I just like to be organized because I think in uh, like going back to SOPs, right? Like before, and I've, I've had my growing pains too. Like I remember the first time I hired somebody to put together a blog post for me, um, they, there were things that I would review the blog post and I'm like, oh, you're missing this and this. And that's when it hit me that I can't blame them. I didn't do my part to provide a checklist, kind of like what you were saying, Kelsey, that there's so many ways to skin a cat, right? Like you go buy a milk, there's so many versions and same way, like my blog post writing checklist may be very different mm -hmm. than XYZ's, right? So it's my job to provide you that checklist. So that way, we're both on the same page because I can't expect you to be a mind reader. So, <laughs> so those are things that I learned, you know, in the very beginning of doing business. And that's when I made a habit. It's a hack. It's a habit that, hey, before you hire, you do your due diligence. You make sure you have your crap together because otherwise there's going to be conflict and you just don't want to have to go through that because it's a headache because that defeats the whole purpose of hiring them, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think sometimes too, because I've worked with a few people who have either only ever had maybe one assistant before, or they've yeah. never had an assistant. And so 
I don't mind a project. I'm going to be honest. Like I love when you're like, this is my business. And like, as long as it feels very collaborative and we're like, okay, here's what we can address. Here's what we can address. You know, like let's sort everything the way it needs to be, make a process, that sort of thing. So I don't, I don't actually have a problem with that. As long as everybody goes in with it, understand like on the same page about that, you know, it's very important, I think, because otherwise you do either get out of the scope of work or, you know, the contractor starts being like treated as an employee and that's never a good thing. And so I think as long as everybody's really clear about that, that's really important. And then you can kind of go from there. Like if you have somebody who's willing to kind of come in, help you sort out your needs, and then you can be like, I need someone for this specific job and then kind of like really get people into a specialty, that sort of thing. Yes. And I've learned yeah, I'm sorry. And I've learned over the years, like no, I remember when I first hired my virtual assistant and this is a mistake I made. I thought that she could do everything like, you know, posting on social media, editing blog posts, uh, creating graphics. And and that's it's something you don't want to do. Like I, I learned that you don't want to, even though she was qualified to do all of this, but it's just going to lead to overwhelm and chaos and 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 you're just not doing a good job as a, as a CEO. So I've just realized that to segment it all, right? Like, okay, yes. here's the video aspect, here's the blog post. So just this way, not everybody's kind of happy and they're not feeling like, oh my God, I'm being pulled in so many different directions, you know? Yes. Um, so yeah, you don't want to overwhelm your people. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I lost my list of questions here. Um, and we kind of touched on it or did you have something else to say, Rita? Are you mm-hmm. to oh, okay. I have to go to like different screens to read all the things. Here we go. Um, so we kind of talked a little bit about some of the pitfalls, but what are some things, I mean, is there anything else that comes to mind that you feel like really make sure that you're a good match, that you work well together and like how to just really have those good, like collaborative type of, uh, relationships with, with your contractors. All right. I'll go first this time. Um, <laughs> for me, it's honestly, uh, maybe it's just cause we're, we're pretty booked. It's, it's, I'm very picky about the clients that I work with. And whenever someone reaches out for, to book a call, I have gone full on private investigator mode. I know what they do, what their business looks like, where they live, how many kids they have, all of that. Because I want, just like anybody else, if I want to, if I'm working with someone closely, because, you know, as a service provider, as a virtual team, we're working with you pretty closely. I want it to be somebody that I genuinely like, that I would hang out with if they weren't paying me to do so. And um, I think that, that, if you're looking to hire someone, you should probably do the same thing. Like, who are they? Like, what are they doing in their spare time? Is this the kind of person that you want to have as part of your daily life? Because that's what you're hiring for. If they're, whether they're just editing videos or doing your social media or managing your inbox or are literally like your virtual assistant who is there with you all day to help you manage your business, this is an important hire. And if it's somebody who goes against your values, whatever they are, um, that's not going to work. It's just not. So if you wouldn't hang out with them in real life, you wouldn't hire them in real life. Why would you hire them virtually? It's no different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I feel like two things on that. I feel like number one, having 
that kind of connection with them or, you know, feeling like they're a cool person, like your, your personalities are a good match, that sort of thing. I think it helps protect against that. Oh, you're just a contractor attitude that some people kind of do have after a while. But also I think it's, it's really important from like a business values perspective as well. You know, like someone that I'm working with right now is non-binary and most of their clientele are like LGBTQ plus that's an important value for them. And they need to, when they hire someone else in to be their assistant, they need to make sure that is a value that this person has because you wouldn't want somebody in there. I mean, somebody could come in and like sabotage things because they like didn't agree or whatever. And that's something you really want to avoid, you know? So making sure you have that connection is really important. I feel like for both of those things and for, for everybody, you know, like a, like a person who is a contractor, yes, like we're providing a service, but it's not like to put one person here and the other person there. You know what I mean? Like, like everybody should, I don't know. I just, I feel like collaboration should be really important part of it. Let let me just say like in my real life, like, you know, not online, there is a printing company that I go to a local guy for everything that I need printed, any print work I need, whether it's a poster or whatever. There are, I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's a community, a community, a very large city. I have so many options. You know why I go to this guy in particular? Cause I like him. He's fun. We will literally, if I see him out and about, we will hang out. We'll shoot, we'll have a drink together. And I feel like you should feel the same way about anybody that you hire the same places that you go to over and over again in your real life. There's a reason for that. And I want my clients to feel the same way. Like, of course I'm going to hire Rita. Who would have like, no, I'm going to go to anybody else. Right. And I want, I want people to, to feel like that when they work with me and my clients, I do look, I legitimately like them as people. And if they happen to come to town, we are going to hang out. It's just going to happen. <laughs> I love that. I love that. What about you, Amira? Any, any thoughts on, on any of that? Yeah, no, you guys shared some great tips. So the thing that is important for me is like definitely the skills, but the personality is very, very important because I look at it this way that all of these things that I'm outsourcing at some point, I've done those, like I've worn those hats, right? Multiple hats as a business owner. So I can teach someone to do the work, like maybe they won't do it 100% like me, but 80% is good enough for me. So I can definitely teach you the skills, but if you don't have the personality match, then it's a recipe for disaster, right? So for me, um, someone like kind of like what you guys are saying, like collaborative, having that connection, someone that's willing to take initiative, right? Because I don't want someone who's just a follower. Like I'm not here to create followers, especially if I'm bringing you on my team, it's for long-term. So I want to create more leaders, right? I want to create people that are willing to go the extra mile and come to me with solutions rather than problems all the time. So even a simple thing like um, an email response to a difficult customer, I don't want to be the one just telling you how to respond. I want you to come to me maybe with a proposed response Mm -hmm. and then I can edit it, tweak it. So that's what I mean with problem solving, right? So I look for those kinds of things. And also really important is the representation of my brand. Cause I look at it this way, whether you are a contractor, whether you're an employee, you are a representation of me, what I stand for, my business, my mission, my values and the customers that really trust me, right? So it's so important for me to um, make sure that you have those high values, those the, the work ethics, all of those things, of course, um, 
you know, come out in the interview as well as some uh, work samples that I look at before we hire. And uh, yeah, I, I believe that it's a whole uh, combination of all of these things, which really make a difference. Yeah, that's, that's really incredible. Now, one final thing, and then I'll let you guys talk one more time about your freebies, just in case we had anybody jump in a little bit later. Um, what would you suggest as far as interviewing tips? You know, that's something we haven't really covered. I mean, I know like you can get a pretty good feel for somebody when you're talking to them, like if they're personable or if they have like, you know, the type of personality that you're like, yeah, I can work with this person, but are there specific things that you think some people might leave out of interviews that they need to cover? Thoughts? Yeah. So you go. I'm sorry. No, no, you go ahead, Rita. <laughs> no, I was just saying you go. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, first thing I do is like, um, and this is a very easy one for me. Okay. So whenever I posted a position, whether in my Facebook group or anywhere else in any other forum to hire, right, I will purposely put like a little test in there. Like we'll have our questions, but we'll also have a way for me to gauge that if you're really following attention, like following instructions or directions. So maybe a small thing I will ask you to do, or maybe a response to my email a certain way with a subject line so that I know already that if you are someone that's following uh, directions carefully is reading or you're just someone who's just reading this job posting and just hitting apply right so that's one me like a quick tip for me to filter out the ones that I know for a fact are not going to follow instructions and I'm just going to if they can't even read a job posting and follow a simple thing then we're going to have a difficult time kind of communicating when I'm assigning them things or I'm telling them to do things or I'm trusting them to do things on their own so oh. the other thing is that in the interview um, I always ask for samples you don't have to have the exact experience I'm looking for sometimes depending on what the job is but if there is experience needed, like SEO, I, I definitely need you to have experience, for example, an SEO editor or someone that I'm hiring, then we look for prior work samples because that will give me a very good idea about like, uh, before I even do the interview, I will ask for all of these things so that I can review it and then shortlist the candidates that way. And then during the interview, you know, I think asking the right questions is very important right? Like just to kind of find out like what their experience has been like, what's their work ethic like. It's not necessarily just about the job, but also get to know them because like you'll learn so much in that interview process if you just ask the right questions. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Rita? I agree a hundred percent. What Amira said about having a subject line or a specific thing, what I do when I'm hiring for my team, like I said, I'm, I'm in Louisiana. And so I always say, if you're interested in this, send me an email with the subject line crawfish. And <laughs> wouldn't believe how many people are like inquiring about the position. Like, mm -mm, nope, you didn't nope. follow that one simple thing. And that eliminates 75% of the bots. I do believe that there are bots that find these posts and the people who are full of baloney. So that is a really, really good tip and it works. And then as far as like interviewing itself, you know, whenever people interview me, because I'm the one that takes all the, the discovery calls or however you want to call them, it's really just about like them, them asking me like, Hey, this is, this is what I, this is what I really would like to have done. And whenever they ask me, how would you do that? Then I'm like, Oh, if you hire me to do that, this is exactly what I would do. And it's bam, 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 bam. And this is the way we're going to do it if you hire me. And if that doesn't align with what they're looking for, then it's a no-go. And, you know, everybody parts as friends. 
And so I just love it whenever someone asks me, if you were hired to do X, Y, and Z, create this funnel, write blog posts, et cetera, how would you do that? Then that's going to light me up. And I feel like my potential clients can see how excited I get about, you know, about the uh, possibility of doing whatever project it is. And they can say, yeah, that's not how I want it done. Or, oh, that sounds great. How can I pay you? So, yes, immediately. Yes. And that, I think that part right there too, is not only like, yes, it's important. And I mean, it depends on the scope of work we're talking about, but for the most part, like there are certain tasks that yes, there's an SOP for they're very cut and dried. Here's how we post on social media. That's pretty straightforward. But like what you're talking about, if it's like project-based work is like finding somebody who's a good fit, but also who shares that, you know, shares that vision with you. And I think that that is, that is a really incredible gift when it comes to these like collaborative hiring type of relationships. It's really important to not only find somebody you can work with, but find somebody with a vision and the skills to execute that vision. I love it. I love it. Cool. Well, any last thoughts from either of you? Final thoughts on hiring, outsourcing. Um, I don't think if there's anybody watching, we have a few people watching. So if anybody has any questions, if you'd like to do some brain picking, now is your time. (laughs) Why don't you guys go ahead and tell me once more about your freebies in case anybody missed it earlier. And then if we get any questions, we'll answer those at the end. Go ahead, Amira. You've been leading the way. (laughs) Okay, awesome. So as a reminder, um, the only other thing, well, last words I would add is that remember that you're a CEO, and this took me a while, as I mentioned, I didn't start hiring until my second year, is that when you're a CEO, you're bringing together a team of people that are building the business with you, right? So think of it that way, that will simplify the process. I love the tip that Rita gave about um, you know, starting small, that's kind of how I started. Exactly. I literally took, uh, made a list of things that I don't like doing in my business. And I said, you know what, slowly, slowly, we're going to outsource all of those things. So focus on, you know, with your expertises. And now the last thing about the freebie is I have a free legal guide that I would love for you to download. If you would like to protect your business legally, which you should, uh, trust me, that guide is going to be very insightful. It's going to, uh, definitely give you a lot of information as well as solutions, because I'm not somebody that is going to come here and just tell you, Hey, you need to do this, this, this legally. My job, honestly, as a lawyer and an entrepreneur is to also give you the solutions, whether those are my legal templates or working with me one-on-one, whatever works best for you. Um, always make sure that um, you're protecting your business legally. And same thing goes for hiring too. If you are the one hiring, or if you are the one offering your services, both sides, um, you should get into the habit of at least using a contract. If you are don't like contracts, then do what's called a another tip I would give you is do a letter of agreement, which is an informal way of like still, you know, being a contract, you send a letter, which kind of just memorializing um, the important terms that you and your client agreed upon. So it's not a lengthy contract. You can do something like that as well, but just do something in writing. So that way you avoid conflicts. Yes. Love it. What about you, Rita? So for me, I think the biggest thing that people need to really internalize is that you started your business for a reason and it wasn't to be bogged down by a to-do list that you hate. 
So I want people to tap back into their passion. Remember that your business is supposed to be fun. If you don't enjoy doing it, then go get a nine to five where you also hate your job, but you don't have to make all these decisions. Okay, so that's number one. And number two, kind of piggybacking off of what Amira said is list what you just don't like doing and then hire for those things first. Just start small. You don't have to hire somebody. A big misconception in the hiring a team uh, mindset, I guess, is that it's all or nothing. Either you have a, a team and you're paying somebody for 40 hours a week or you're doing it all on your own. And there's a whole lot of people who are willing to work as little as an hour a day to clear out your inbox or answer social media messages or whatever it is that you just don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And you want to tell us again about your oh, freebie? Sorry, sorry. So delegateandaccelerate.com forward slash outsource. And what it is, is a guide to help you really pinpoint what you don't like doing, mm-hmm. um, what you're good at, what you really want to focus on, why you started your business in the first place. And also there's a little, a part of this worksheet because it's a worksheet that helps you figure out how much money it's costing you to try to do all of these things on your own. Mm-hmm. And um, some actual tips to really put that into place. And it's delegateandaccelerate.com forward slash outsource. I love that. Cool. All right. We did have one question come in from Tally. Tally wants to know where you typically find VAs and contractors as you are starting. And then I know probably maybe both of you have feelings on the, um, like, uh, like the, the freelancers versus agencies. Like there's like a whole. Oh yeah. That's the whole thing. Um, my, uh, advice is to ask for referrals. Who do you know that owns their business? who's happy with their people. And even if their person is busy, they can probably recommend someone who's reliable and trustworthy. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of us out there who are really good at what we do and we're passionate about what we do. But unfortunately, there's a lot of scammers out there and a lot of people who took some online course on how to do social media that was published five years ago and they call themselves a social media marketing expert or whatever. So just ask for referrals. My second place would be Um, in groups and Facebook groups, primarily that are focused on entrepreneurs who are in your same niche. So make a post in that group that say, Hey, I am a, your niche here. And I'm looking for someone to help me with what you need help with. Do you have recommendations? Mm -hmm. So ask like your personal people first. And if you don't get anything there, then ask in, in the communities that you're already in. Mm-hmm. That's a great tip because one of the clients I'm working with right now ended up being such a good match. Like we're a really, really good match. And it came from, she was referred to somebody that I work with on a team in another business. And she's like, you know, I have, I have my client load full. Do you have room for another client? And it turned out to be an excellent match. And so I mean, asking for referrals, even if, like you said, even if that person's team is busy people know people, you know, and they know who, who is good to work with. There's a whole guys, there's a whole virtual assistant and service provider community underground that y'all don't even know about. We all talk, we all know who the bad clients are, (laughs) but there really is like, there's a whole network just the same as whatever it is that you do. If you're a mechanic, you know, a bunch of mechanics. So uh, the same thing, like we all know each other. Cool. What about you, Mira? Do you have any tips on where to find VAs or contractors for people? Yeah. Starting? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I've, uh, I've tried a lot of different ways. And the very first time I remember I hired my virtual assistant was through my own Facebook group, because I do have a nice community of different people that definitely have a connection with me because they've either purchased from me or they've either downloaded one of my legal templates or freebies or anything. And the bottom line is they know about me. So they're not completely like strangers to me. So that I think is important because my first virtual assistant was somebody that was my customer. She had already purchased my legal bundle to protect her business and even a freelance contract template. So it was pretty cool because she literally sent me my contract, <laughs> to, which was like, honestly, it's like bright. It just was like the happiest moment. <laughs> that is definitely something to remember. Like I get my own work back to me. Like it's like you're proud, but you're also excited. Like they're doing what I taught them. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. I was I was so proud of her and I was so happy because I'm like, and she had done it all right, like filled it up my own contract. So first I look at the contract, I'm like, well, this looks familiar. Then I realized she's my customer, and then she disclosed she's my customer. So it was just a beautiful match. And she was my very first uh first uh, you know hire. And I like that because I think that someone who's familiar with your business in any capacity, if they purchased from you or they've downloaded something from you, then it just makes the whole process easier and builds the connection and they understand your business. So mm -hmm. that's one thing. The other thing is asking for referrals. Like you guys mentioned is definitely has been helpful for me too. Like I have friends that I would ask them, Hey, who are you using for blog post writing? Like just recently we hired somebody, a new writer, and that was completely through a referral. And then also uh, in other Facebook groups, besides my own, you know, I'll post or I'll, there are even Facebook uh, groups that are just for outsourcing that you could join. I've also hired from social media. So like Instagram, somebody would DM me or I'll DM them or they'll, you know, there was a Facebook ads manager that I hired just from Instagram. So, and then the last one is that now I also get pitched, you know, like I, yesterday even there was an email for a new video editor pitching his services. So, and he looks good. Like I might be interested interested in hiring this, uh, bringing on another video editor. So again, there's all these different ways that have worked really well. But again, um, the key for me is to see that how familiar they are with my business. I just don't hire anyone that's completely clueless, you know, uh, I want them to have some sort of um, relationship connection, something where I'm not a complete stranger. I think that's important. I would yeah. like to, to kind of comment on that, Amira. Um, the people that I work best with and the, the people who are most happy with me are people whose businesses, like I'm already, I'm already like either their ideal client or I want to be right. Yeah. And so it isn't just, I could not, I don't think do a very good job for somebody who is say a roofer or yeah. a gardener. Most of my clients are in the health and wellness space, or they're like in the mindset and coaching space, because those are things that I'm personally interested in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm already, before we even get to work together, I'm already interested in what they do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that makes a big difference. If it was a fashion designer, I would not be a good fit. Like I'm not like, <laughs> I, I think I, I bought this shirt probably five years ago. So anyhow, I think that's a really good point that you made when it comes to that. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it kind of goes off what you said earlier, as far as like, would I have something to talk about this person with if I was not hiring them. You know what I mean? Like, would I be able to have that kind of relationship? And it's like, you know, it's easier to do work that you're interested in. So yeah, yeah, definitely great tips. Thank you both so much for being here and for going along with our little tech snafu in the beginning. Always fun. <laughs>
you know how it goes in business sometimes, but this is Business Power Hour with Faith Mariah. If you are watching and you are interested in getting the replays, make sure to go and opt in. We will also be sending out um, the links to everybody's freebies in a replay email. So you can also find those on the blog and eventually the YouTube channel once it gets published. So thank you both so much for sharing your expertise. We really, really appreciate it. And for everyone watching online, we will see you next week.